hour number three. Pete Callender here, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So in the airline business, there are two major cost factors that airlines can never control. You know what they are? The two cost factors that are out of their control. Fuel and labor. And as technology improves and pilot, uh, pilot salaries increase, there's been a controversial move by the industry. They would like to amend a teensy-weensy part of federal aviation regulations, a little thing called Part 121. See, it's just, it's, there are like hundreds, thousands of parts. It's just one tiny little part. It's the part in federal air regulations that requires air carriers to have two pilots in the cockpit at all times. Okay, so not a big deal, right? That's it. Just get rid of that part, tiny part. See, it's just so small. It's, you won't even miss it. They're gone. It's, yep, yep. The airlines have been quietly lobbying for a single pilot approach. They say it'll solve their staffing problems, which they kind of created with the vaccine mandates and all. But that now, look, got to have more pilots, and so can't get the pilots. So how about instead of this whole two-pilot thing, are you flexible on this whole two-pilot thing? Maybe just go to one pilot, and then there'll be, obviously, they'll have a bunch of technology there. You know, the technology will act as the co-pilot. I mean, unless, of course, something happens like what happened about 10 days ago or so where there was an American Eagle flight from Chicago to Columbus and the pilot became incapacitated. The co-pilot took over, turned the plane around, declared an emergency, and the the, the pilot the, originally died. The, the, the first pilot, he, he died at the hospital. So he had some sort of medical emergency, like a heart attack or something, and he died. So aside from something like that happening, or, you know, food poisoning. Seriously, food, that's a big deal. Like if you, that pilots don't eat, pilots will tell you this. They, if, if the pilot and co-pilot, right, you've you're, you're got a layover someplace, whatever, they don't eat the same thing. Because if the same thing gets them both sick, now you got no pilots. So you got to eat something different, eat separately, whatever. I don't know what the whole protocol is on all of that. I just, a pilot told me that years ago. They're like, yeah, you don't eat the same food. So this way you don't incapacitate the entire piloting cabin, right? The whole, the whole crew, the cabin. Like, cause what happens? Somebody's in the cabin and they're only the only one in there. And the, uh, is that, is it, it's not the cabin. No, the cabin is where the, that's where, that's where I sit. So the cockpit, they're in the cockpit. And one guy gets food poisoning because he ate some sushi on a layover, probably at JFK, probably. I mean, I'm just saying that because I've eaten at JFK. And that's, if you're going to get sick from food, that's probably where it's going to happen. Um, oh, no, it wasn't me and it wasn't Christy, but there was a massive amount of fruit flies in her wine. Like, like the bottle had been sitting open on a shelf. It collected all the fruit flies, and then they finished the bottle, poured it into her glass. And so, as she's sitting there, and she then you get to the, towards the bottom, it's like, oh, there are all these like de- this debris. No, no, they're all that. Those are carcasses of fruit flies. Yeah. So that's probably. And this was at some. It doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, you you don't want one pilot. You need two. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, airlines. Here's an idea. How about 
Maybe take away some more legroom from people and cram some more seats in. I'm sure that'll make it a better experience. I got a lot of ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave us sitting on the tarmac for hours on end, stuff like that. I'm okay. We, yeah, that. We're at the point now, Christy and I are at the point now where the the uh, frustration, inconvenience, uncomfortableness of flying and the expense is now so great that like we go when we go to New York to see my folks who live up there and we fly, we're at the point now where we're just probably going to drive. We'll stop someplace halfway because I think that's what old people do, right? And I haven't gotten the World War II thing yet as a guy, as a male, when you turn a certain age, you automatically take an interest in World War II. I haven't hit that age yet. Chris, you're a little older than I am. Have you hit that age? Really into World War II stuff? Yeah, see, he's hit, yeah, it's like, it's, I don't know what, it, it's genetic. It just happens. He's already starting to get there. Um, so I think we're going to drive because it's just so uncomfortable. The last time, and here's the thing I don't understand. All right. When we uh, we got JetBlue here in Charlotte, I was so excited because JetBlue was like, hey, we're low cost and we're going to run like two flights a day or something right into JFK for all of the Bank of America trader people, right? All the traders, the well, they do trading, not that they're like anti-American and like sold secrets or something. Well, maybe some of them, I don't know. Anyway, but they're like, we're going to go up to New York. And so here's a couple of, because it's like a one hour flight. It's very short. So you know, that was the whole point. You run a couple of these flights. So JetBlue opens up. I'm like, this is awesome. And you could get on a JetBlue plane. It was a smallish plane. And so you, there were only two seats. They were leather. They had a little TV on it. Then this was like, I don't know, 15 years ago when JetBlue first got here. Then the last time Christy and I booked our flight, oh, okay, JetBlue. I go to JetBlue.com. Oh, there's my information. Oh, here are my points. Yay. And yes, to JFK. And uh, what happens? We get a, a confirmation from American. What's this about? Why am I getting a confirmation? Oh, yeah, uh, it's American. These are American staff. It's American planes. It's the and they just like they rent out. Like they got a deal with JetBlue. JetBlue isn't even doing the flying anymore. And so on now on one of these big fat American airlines planes with like seven seats, you know, in a row, uh, and just not a good experience. And then they canceled the flight the night before, I guess, due to a staffing shortage. So our flight was supposed to leave early in the morning, like 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. or something. They canceled it the night before at like 11 p.m. Right. A pilot probably got food poisoning. That's probably what happened. So apparently the airlines are lobbying for this single pilot approach. There is language in a new bill introduced in Congress, the FAA reauthorization bill, that asks the FAA to reconsider Part 121 and to allow the use of a single pilot operation. First, we're just going to try it out in cargo aircraft. That's it. Just for the cargo planes. All right? No biggie. You don't need two pilots in the cargo planes. Right? It's not like if the guy flying the cargo plane has a heart attack in the cockpit. It's not like that plane's going to do anything. Right? It's just going to, it'll just come in for a landing someplace. Nice and peaceful-like, right? What could go wrong? 
Not surprisingly, airline pilots are protesting this idea. They claim it would diminish a safety, discipline, and culture that has been responsible for the safest 25 years in commercial aviation in the history of aviation. Did you know that? We are in the safest 25 years. Now, that's interesting. Pilot unions argue it's all about the airline saving money and it could compromise safety. I don't think there's any could about it. I really don't. I don't... There's... Like, I think that there are some things where you need the redundancy. And flying planes, I think, is one of those things. I mean, well, all right, no, hang on a second. Let's think this through. Are there any examples of anybody dying in a plane, a single plane, single pilot, right? Are there any? Yeah, of course there are. Like, th- these are the planes that you hear where people die. Like, they're at the air shows, right? They, or they, they land in a forest someplace. Like, these, this is exactly what you hear is one pilot. Also, more than 40 countries have appealed to an international aviation agency to revise standards globally to give airlines the option for a one-person cockpit crew. So the flight uh, is the fight rather is just getting started, writes Peter Greenberg at CBS News. I'm on this. I'm with the pilots' union. 40 countries are asking to revise this same standard. This does not sound like a good idea. Okay. Does not sound like a good idea. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. A reminder, stroll through the truest field ballpark. Feel the magic of the holidays from Christmas Tree Lane to the snowtastic winter wonderland. You can learn to play hockey. They got tournaments, they got figure skating, and more on Uptown's only regulation size outdoor hockey rink. You can also do some snow tubing. They got a 150 foot snow slide. Best local Christmas gifts also available there. You can look at the holiday market, try the European menu at the Charlotte Christmas Village as well. You got the food, you got the Christmas trees, the light show, the live entertainment, Santa shopping, the tubing and the skating and the hockeying. All of it at the Light the Nights Festival. Now through January 6th at Truist Field. Oh, I was just about to go to. Jerry there, but he is no longer there. So, all right, we'll move on. The uh, U.S. Senate passed legislation last night to ban TikTok from U.S. government devices in a move designed to limit perceived information security risks. (laughs) This This is from Brian Fung at CNN. To limit perceived Information security risks. Perceived risks. Are they just perceived? See, the problem here is that TikTok is owned by a company called ByteDance. B-Y-T-E. Dance. All one word. And the B and the D are capitalized. So it's like it's like they're so synergistic and nimble that they just they don't even have time for a space in between their names. ByteDance, right? So, first of all, terrible name. Second of all, communist, right? That's, the, that's really the big deal here. They're communist because China, it's a huge company, and it's owned by China, the communist government. This is, and they're the ones that have all the backdoor access to all the information on TikTok, everything. And that communist government 
has been building the social credit score system. And so when you're on TikTok, I am not on TikTok. I will not ever get on TikTok. I don't even like the fact that I have been, uh, that there are videos of me that people have shot that end up on TikTok. I don't even like that. Because what's my rule? Communists lie. You do not trust commies. Never trust a commie. The vote by unanimous consent. So there's another one. The perceived information security risks. It was a vote by unanimous consent. So everybody agreed. In the Senate, which that, like, as far as I know, like, that doesn't happen all the time, right? They approved the No TikTok on Government Devices Act. This bill was authored by Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley. The move marks lawmakers' latest step against the short-form video app that has become popular with over a billion users worldwide. U.S. officials fear that TikTok's user data could end up in the hands of the Chinese government due to that country's influence over TikTok's parent, ByteDance. Okay. Brian, Mr. Fung, or can I call you Brian? Okay. Author of this piece. U.S. officials fear, it's not just U.S. officials that fear TikTok user data could, could end up in the hands. It already is in the hands of the Chinese government. And I noticed you left out the word communist for some reason. It's the communist government, the Chinese Communist Party, right? That, that, right. This is, this is the problem. They really don't like us. Oh, I know they trade with us, but they don't like, with us. They don't like us. And it's not that the government has influence over TikTok's parent. It's that all companies in a communist regime are the parties. Right? The party owns them because it's communism. See, this is why including the word communism or communist in the description of the Chinese government, this is... This would make it would provide some context, let's say, to your audience that may not be aware that China is a communist country, considering the fact that you don't ever tell them it's a communist country. And if everybody kind of proceeds along those lines like you are, then nobody would know it's a communist country, let alone even know what communism is. Right. So that's why there is a, quote, perception that the government might have some access to the data. And then might maybe have some influence over the company because in communism, they own the companies. They own you too. The party owns all. It's the state. That's, that's the God. A companion bill was introduced in the House last year by Colorado Representative um, Republican Ken Buck. It has yet to be approved by members of the House Oversight Committee. TikTok and the U.S. government have actually been negotiating a deal behind closed doors, for years. This has been going on between TikTok and the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States. However, there have been recent reports of delays in those negotiations. Seven states are now looking to bar public employees from having these apps on their uh, government devices. Alabama, Maryland, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Utah, and Texas. One state has already banned them. Nebraska did it in 2020. The U.S. military 
the U.S. State Department and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security have restricted the app from government-owned devices already. This isn't just some mere perception. In fact, TikTok accounts run by the propaganda arm of the Chinese government have accumulated millions of followers and tens of millions of views, many of them on videos editorializing about U.S. politics, without clear disclosure that they were posted by a foreign government. I'm old enough to remember when people cared a lot, a lot, about foreign governments using social media to influence our elections. We'll get into that. It's a piece at Forbes magazine. All right, so Forbes.com, piece by Emily Baker White, says TikTok accounts run by the propaganda arm of the Chinese government have accumulated millions of followers, tens of millions of views. A lot of them uh, videos editorializing about U.S. politics. The accounts are managed by Media Links TV, a registered foreign agent in Washington, D.C.-based outpost of the main Chinese Communist Party TV out- uh, news outlet, CCT, which is China's central television. The largest of them is Pandorama. Pandorama, which features cute videos about Chinese culture. There's another one called the dot, dot, dot optimist. I don't know what the dots are about. Maybe it's like you're supposed to say the optimist. They post about sustainability. What do we always talk about? Environmentalists. Green on the outside, red on the inside. They're watermelons, right? All right. Then there's another one. News talks as two S's. So like TikTok. T-O-K, News Talk, with then two S's. And that features coverage of U.S. national and international news. So in the run-up to the last election in 2022, the News Talk's account criticized some candidates, mostly Republicans, and favored others, mostly Democrats. Chinese state media entities have long sought to use social media to influence U.S. audiences. They have built audiences and bought ads on Facebook and Twitter to disseminate misinformation about topics such as the detainment of Uyghurs in Xinjiang, right? Don't want people seeing all those pictures and videos of the, of the slaves you guys are holding, making all the iPhones and Nike sneakers. The 2019 protests in Hong Kong, can't be looking at those, as well as the Russian invasion of Ukraine. But this is the first report of a Chinese state media entity using TikTok to influence U.S. audiences' opinions about U.S. politics. TikTok is owned by Beijing-based ByteDance. It's the first foreign social media app to achieve mass adoption in America. It is also the only major social media platform in the U.S. that does not label videos posted by Chinese state media entities. So people don't know where the content is coming from. That seems important. No? TikTok has said that it is developing a global policy to address content posted by state-controlled media outlets. It's, 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 just, it's just doing the word smithing right now. That's all. Just working on the language. Remember, communists lie. 
TikTok spokesperson Jamie Favaza told Forbes, quote, we plan to introduce our state-controlled media policy and corresponding labels globally next year as part of our continued focus on media literacy. As we previously confirmed, the global rollout will include China state media. Forbes previously reported that according to LinkedIn profiles, more than 300 employees at TikTok and ByteDance previously worked for Chinese state media. Do you think that the communists don't realize the propaganda value of that platform? The most popular news talks videos available on TikTok today largely focus on divisive U.S. social issues like guns, abortion, structural racism, all topics that were also used by Russian election meddlers seeking to divide Americans and weaken confidence in democratic institutions. These topics were also discussed by fake fake uh, Facebook and Instagram accounts that also linked back to a China-based election influence operation earlier this year. TikTok is currently negotiating a contract, right? I mentioned this before, to mitigate national security threats posed by its ownerships. But uh, some lawmakers have long feared that the Chinese government could use TikTok to harvest private data about American citizens. BuzzFeed News previously reported that ByteDance had instructed employees working on one of its other apps. This was um, a news aggregator called Top Buzz. They told their employees to push pro-China messages to the U.S. users. But ByteDance says that never happened. But commies. So, again, they lie. Meanwhile, in the wake of reports of the extensive numbers of Chinese-made surveillance drones flying over restricted airspace, now comes news that the FCC has voted to ban sales of new telecom and surveillance equipment made by several Chinese companies. The Wall Street Journal reports this includes security camera makers Hangzhou, Hikvision Digital Technology Company. That's the name of it. I didn't name the company. That's the name of it. Hangzhou. Hikvision. Digital Technology. HHDT. Also, Hytera Communications Corporation and the Zhejiang Dahua Technology Company. As well as telecom equipment makers Huawei Technologies and ZTE Corporation. The FCC made its order public, and uh, this order stops short of requiring U.S. equipment buyers to remove items they have previously purchased or stripping authorizations for electronics uh, models that already exist. This is basically on a go-forward basis, right? It effectively bars the firms from selling new equipment in the United States. So whatever kind of, you know, spyware or, you know, espionage-adjacent activities you guys were engaged in. Like, I hope you got it all loaded into the models that already shipped. Meanwhile, the FBA has taken a break from surveilling Americans. To pay some attention to the Chinese app TikTok, the FBI director told lawmakers last month that he is, quote, extremely concerned about TikTok's operations in the U.S. Kind of related, but not really. Tom Tillis' amnesty deal is dead. The fatally flawed legislative framework that was supposed to gin up support on both sides of the political aisle did the opposite. Spencer Brown reporting at townhall.com. 
um, saying Republicans who limped across the midterm election finish line with barely a majority in the House and a loss in the Senate were not ready to hitch their names to a bill that's toxic among Republican voters. Two million recipients of Obama's deferred action for childhood arrivals, the DACA kids, the dreamers. You may say I am one, but I'm not. But anyway, Obama's dreamers, um, they get put on, They would have been put on a pathway to citizenship. Don't call it amnesty. But they would then also be able to sponsor all of their extended family members once they get through the process. This is the chain migration aspect that was the poison pill, basically. The framework for the bill, I mean, they never released any actual text, so we couldn't read the bill. They say, read the bill. We couldn't even read the bill. We couldn't even wait till it was passed to read the bill. There was no, it was just nothing. It's just a framework. It was so bad that even President Biden said that he was encouraged by it. And you know that's not good. If Biden's like, look, man, this is, the, this is encouraging. Come here, let me smell your hair. Like, if that's what he's saying, you know this is not a good deal. And in a related story to that, new study finds these non-government organizations, non-governmental NGOs, right? You've heard of these things, right? These nonprofits and such. NGOs have been shipping illegal immigrants across the U.S. How much so? The Heritage Foundation tracked more than 30,000 cell phones that arrived at Customs and Border Control facilities. And they were able to track them down to where they went. 40 different states these phones have gone to. And the phones are attached to people. All right, we'll get into those details. Talk 1110-993-WBT. A couple messages here. Uh, this one from Scott. Pete, my sister sends me videos from TikTok, and I never open them. <laughs> well, she's going to know that now. Um, Pete, if any 501c3 nonprofit charities ratio of dollars reaching intended beneficiaries versus actual were as low as the government's, they'd be arrested and SWAT teams of IRS agents would be banging down the door. Um, and oh, this one here from when we were talking about fusion, uh, Chris has sent me hydrogen, hydrogen two, hydrogen three, the number of protons and neutrons and helium, helium three. It's always being spit out of the sun. The moon is covered with it. The earth's magnetic field deflects it. So it is nearly a non-existent on earth. Helium three is considered the best. Because in a fusion reactor, it would cause the least damage to the reactor walls. Ideally, the walls of the reactor would only have to be relined every nine years or so. There will be a quiz tomorrow. Okay, thank you, Chris. I pre- we need to mine the moon. Go up there, start a mining operation, get Bruce Willis on board, maybe Arnold, right? I think he was in one of those Total Recall, wasn't that it? Yeah, he was doing some mining work up there too. Oh, uh, Matt Damon, Elysium, right? Get them to lead the project. Regarding the one-pilot cockpits, Gary says, but Pete, what about the autopilot? It's a great... I hadn't considered that. That's right. Um, this is from MAGA, American Pitbull. He says, it's a Pete tweet. He says, LOL, Pete, I drive from South Carolina to just south and west of Albany about every three to four weeks. It takes me 13 and a half hours with a large dog and an elderly cat in the truck. I leave at 5 a.m., and I sleep for the first few hours. 
I mean, at least that's how it feels, because I never remember those hours. Okay, well, you're a menace. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. I had another. When was the other message? I guess I read it. I guess I already did. Or me, Oh, no, it was a hang on a second. It was another tweet. Hang on, let me open it up. Now it's not. Oh, my gosh, our Internet is. Okay. Pete, regarding your reference to the Idiocracy documentary in today's opener, uh, I'm convinced that the stupid outbreeding the intelligent is a symptom, not the cause. The cause is that we have made life too safe. Not enough people are killed by their own stupidity. We need to bring back things like lawn darts and let let those folks shower with their hair dryers. Let them do these things. I call the concept Darwin's lament because the fittest are no longer surviving more than the unfit. This term deserves to be mainstreamed almost as much as zipper merge and votainer. Well, we all have our dreams, Russ. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't know if there's anything to it. It sounds like a workable theory. Darwin's lament. Okay. Um, all right. So here we go. Customs and Border Patrol. They have facilities. And the Heritage Foundation started tracking more than 30,000 cell phones that would arrive at those facilities at or near the southern border. So they track the cell phones. And, and then you can see where they go. Just in January 2022. And then track those phones over time to see where they ended up. Okay, so everybody that came across in January, they tracked the phones and said, where do they go? And they found they went to 40 different states. Heritage Foundation also found more than 30,000 phones and more than 30 non-governmental organizations or NGOs in Texas and California. And that amounts to one-fifth of those known to have crossed illegally that month. So one out of five of the phones that cross the border end up at the NGOs in Texas or California. The NGOs included groups like the International Rescue Committee, World Relief, Mission Border Hope, Refugee Services of Texas, and Jewish Family Service and Catholic Charities. The Heritage Memo announcing its findings said overflow from CBP is being transferred to these organizations so that Border Patrol avoids overcrowded facilities. These organizations apply for and receive taxpayer money to provide processing and transportation services and infrastructure to facilitate the migration of illegal aliens into the interior of the country. Catholic Charities alone appears to have handled more than 3,000 illegal aliens in January and then transported them to 433 different congressional districts. So all the people that we have been hearing from that are so outraged that what Texas has been doing, these NGOs have been doing it way longer. Way longer. And all under the radar, Right. On Wednesday, the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, said he was launching an investigation to find out just what these NGOs are up to, suggesting it could be more than just moving them when they get here. Quote, NGOs may be engaged in unlawfully orchestrating other border crossings through activities on both sides of the border. Right. If you set up this kind of um, this kind of uh, well, what's the word for it? Uh Human trafficking system. Right. When you set up a human trafficking system like this, is it really any surprise that you find clients that are willing to get in on that? We'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.